today. <sighs> another day, another example of the left perverting your children and Joe Biden vows to ban assault weapons come hell or high water. <laughs> I have some thoughts on that and I think some others might too. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I'm going to go ahead and give you this warning now. Uh, the story that I'm about to share with you is, we're just going to say, not safe for children. Uh, I'm, I'm, I actually might say it's not safe for adults either. I want to play a clip of an 11-year-old in Maine who recently attended a local school board meeting with his parents and read out loud a portion of a book that was not just selected by him at his school library, but pushed and recommended to him by the school librarian. Hi, my name is Knox Zajac. Uh, I'm 11 years old and I go to Wyndham Middle School. I'm a sixth grader. I was in the library and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my t-shirt, laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired, or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing but it was good too so good because we were a mess of emotions and we were scared and excited and everything felt new so this sort of thing this sort of feels like that nick touches me like he's scared that any minute now this book was at my middle school and it was on a stand when i rented it out to show my dad it uh the librarian asked if i wanted more and if i wanted a graphic novel version I want to be clear, uh, I would not have allowed my son to read this out loud to a room full of adults. Why? Because it's inappropriate, it's uncomfortable for us as adults. So imagine how this 11-year-old who lacks the ability to process these things he's reading, how did he feel? How uncomfortable was he stumbling upon this for the first time? You know, the left tries to do this cute little thing where we expose things like this. We expose the sexualization of children in the classrooms. We expose what they're doing at these drag brunches with these kids. And they deny they're trying to trans your children. They deny that they are trying to confuse them uh, about their sexuality at a young age. They deny that they are trying to normalize children consenting to sex. No, 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 no. What do they say? They say, you're the transphobe. You're just homophobic. You're the bigot for not being inclusive enough. Inclusivity, right? That's what they always say it's about. I gotta tell you, I don't give a about your inclusivity. I'm not inclusive, actually. I want that record to be clear. I'm not inclusive. I want to exclude every single one of these child abusers from society. I think all of them belong in prison while they await the death penalty. And when that day comes, I want it to be long and as painful as possible and torturous. That's how not inclusive I am. You can call me whatever the hell you want. Now, I've heard from some of you over the last several months complaining that I'm focusing on the trans issue too much. 
Well, number one, you're wrong. This is not a trans issue. I couldn't care less what you do as an adult. This right here is a children's rights issue. This is about protecting children from being sexually abused, exploited, and indoctrinated by adults. This is the most important thing going on in our country right now. You can talk all you want about Russia and Ukraine, about, uh, oh, inflation, I don't know what I'm going to do about my retirement. I can't find eggs at the grocery store. I'm so mad my damn taxes are going up. But if we cannot agree that we have to protect children from being abused, that we will protect the innocence of children and stop exposing them to sex, to perversions, to irreversible hormones, chemical castration, chopping their genitals off, chopping their breasts off. Nothing else matters. This little experiment we call America, done. You want to see where this little path of inclusivity goes? Take a look at what's going on in the UK, coming soon to a country near you, where they're holding sexually perverted drag queen events specifically designed for babies and toddlers. Yes, that's right, in all of the advertisements, babies and toddlers, this is a sensory show for babies and toddlers where grown men wearing thongs and hanging upside down are seen dancing in front of these young and impressionable children. Yes, this is another family-friendly event put on and attended by mentally ill mothers who, by the way, should have their children taken from them while they rot in prison. So those of you who are tired of this topic, I'm tired of talking about it too. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of meeting with state legislators to push them to take action against it. I'm tired of missing dinners with my kids because I'm working to expose it. But we are at a precipice here. An entire generation of children could be irreversibly harmed, both psychologically and physically, and I won't rest until it's stopped. So if you think that this isn't a deal breaker for society as we know it, then you and I are not the same. I just want to make that clear. Here to discuss this and more is John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie, and Matthew Marsden, actor and producer extraordinaire. Um, a little pissed. Could I just, could I, I'm not sure if you guys could tell, but I'm just a little pissed because I don't understand how people can turn a blind eye to it, can be too concerned with, I don't want, they're going to call me a mean name. I don't want people to think that I'm not inclusive. I love everybody. Okay. And you look at where this path has gone from, we just want to be able to get married. And now here we are, and we are literally talking about drag queen events for babies and toddlers as a sensory experience. And by the way, this one right here that was in the UK that you guys are watching right now, those of you who are just listening on audio, oh, let me tell you, you're missing out on viewing all of this BDSM bondage uh, that's going on and, and the, the tucking that's happening in the thongs. But don't worry, there was a rave afterwards, by the way this little event for mothers and their young children. I thought the point that you made about uh, inflation and branded and GDP and things like that was really good because every country has been able to like come back from economic turmoil. I mean, America can come back from that, but like you mentioned, how can we come back from a generation which is too like spiritually corrupted to even like figure out how to move forward from there, who is like so self-loathing and so demented that they could never even like move forward and carry the torch of Western civilization. And yeah, we do have to be exclusive because frankly, 
you're not going to convince me that a group of people who thinks it's normal to mutilate themselves and act as though they are the other gender and do all sorts of very perverted sexual activities with each other is actually a group of people who can be trusted around children. Like, if you're not going to draw the line at, like, frankly, another man's butt if you're a guy, I'm not going to be convinced that you're going to draw the line, like, with a child. And statistically speaking, that tends to be the case as well. So um, it is true. Yeah, you know, we thought that they were just going to be able to get married and then we'd be able to move along. Well, that's not how that works because if you allow two men to get married, what you're saying is there's really no difference between man and woman, man and man. It's all the same thing. So why not have them come together and be unified? So if you're going to concede that there are no differences between men and women, they can get married, who cares? Then how could you then be surprised that 20 years later, or not even seven years later, our culture is going to be like, well, there's no difference, so they should be able to change their sex if they want to, if that's how they feel. And then at that point, you're just arguing where the age should be established for when this is allowed. And since they have all the power, they get to decide when that is because we don't have any power. Yeah. Well, and not not even just, you know, you're talking Congress and, and uh, state legislatures, but I mean, the judges as well. We've got a ton of activist judges. I was talking to uh, one of my friends who's an attorney who pointed me in the direction of a North Carolina case from 1998. It was a child custody case. And the mother uh, was arguing that the father, who was gay, the father's boyfriend was exposing the young child to pictures of drag queens, pictures of drag queens. And the court had ruled that like that was that was not appropriate for young children and now here we are that was just 1998 here we are 2023 and we're like yeah we can take babies and toddlers and young children to events where men are exposing themselves i'm just trying to figure out <clears throat> the criticism of you focusing too much on this like i don't understand that i don't either right it's it's you these people are exposing children, mm -hmm. they're abusing children. Uh, a lot of the time, certainly with the trans issue, people are, we know that we know the statistics about um, people who, after they transition, they end up killing themselves mm -hmm. anyway. It doesn't help them. It's, there's no resolution. So I don't understand how people can't look and say, well, number one, there's very few people actually that are taking this on because they're absolutely terrified of the alphabet group, right? Which, by the way, as we've said before, they're not all the same. It's not all yeah. one, you know, clump that goes together. I, I tweeted something, um, I would joke about me saying I tweeted about something, but <laughs> I tweeted something about this ridiculous thing that United Airlines did, you know, for the flight to Sydney, which was, which was unbelievable. And the amount of, like, I'm like, that's not the gay people that I know. Do not behave mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. They're not all putting on wigs and, so th this notion that everyone is in one group, uh, what it does is it, it, it's been used as a cudgel to beat people, to shut them up. And what, what people should be doing to watch this show is actually giving her support and saying, thank you for doing this. Because here's the thing, we keep saying this, they're coming for your children. Like it's not, you can't just sit on an island and pretend that this isn't gonna happen to you. Mm. It's happening to everybody. And the more it encroaches, the more damage it does, the less, as you said, we can't roll it back. There's no rolling this back. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna keep moving forward. So tell me what is more important to continually beat the drum about than abusing children. Mm -hmm. What is more important in the world? Like you said, is it inflation? I, I, we, we can figure that out. You can't undo sexual abuse of a child. So I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's laziness at the end of the day because the fact of the matter is, is we've got to get involved. Everyone outsources, you know, you, you outsource this, you outsource that. You, people are outsourcing their parenting and you mm -hmm. can't do that. You have to be engaged. 
You have to get involved. You have to watch where your kids go to school. You have to watch where they go to the library. The library used to be a place you'd be like, oh, the sleepy library, you know, boring. Now it's like they've got basically porn. Mm-hmm. For the kids, which again, it's a gateway. This is it's it's all intentional, right? And it's not going to get better. And we are on an absolute locomotive train ride towards disaster. And it has to stop. And it starts with you. You are. I don't know anyone else that does what you do, Sarah. I don't know anyone else who who goes and they put themselves physically in danger to go and stop this and, and put, a, put a light on it. It's incredibly courageous. People should get behind Sarah Gonzalez. They, they should, because what is more important than children? I, I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Um, having the opinion like, well, I would just like to, just for, for perspective here, it's not as if I just continue to repeat the same story, right? It's just that it keeps happening. And I think that maybe that's the disconnect here. Like I'm not, I'm not just recycling the same news story that I heard six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. This is how bad it's gotten. This is why we're speaking out about it because they are literally trying to normalize this for children. Okay, Uh, the the, the left constantly wants to throw back, you know, when you talk about uh, all of this sexual perversion going on and they go, well, what about in the churches? And then they they send you some link about all of the youth pastors or whatever who, you know, actually got arrested and they did something about it. Yeah, because we have said that you shouldn't do that to children. But for some reason, when you're the LGBT community, you get some sort of special privileges to abuse children. And that's what we're trying to stop. So there is a difference. We're trying to make sure that everyone is treated that same way and that everyone goes to jail, just like those youth pastors uh, who, good, I'm glad that they're in jail. I hope they rot in prison as well. Um, But, you know, it's just like, (sighs) you mentioned the pornography in libraries. Meanwhile, they want to make sure to change what Willy Wonka they want to make sure to change Dr. Seuss. They want to actually like censor good quality literature in the school libraries while giving your children this porn. Actually, that's a really interesting point too because that expands even to how we use the internet. Because on the internet, at any given time, any 11-year-old, I think that's the average age of exposure to pornography now, which means assuming like a normal distribution, that's 50%. Not mine. 50% are younger. Not mine. Any, well, I mean, you're the exception. Your kids will be normal, but all of their classmates are going to be porn-brained, and they're going to be like really messed up, and they're going to have a lot of social issues because of that. Any child at this point can just pull out their phone and access the most like demented types of pornography that have ever been produced. And we know what that does to their brains. But what are the people who are pulling the strings in terms of how we access technology? What are they actually focusing on? Us. They're focusing on our speech, focusing on us calling things like that out, calling out the abuse of children. So just like in the library, how they have all this like content that's just destroying the brains of children who might, might stumble across it. In technology, they're doing the same thing with kids going mm-hmm. on TikTok and they find out about this really weird stuff and they Google it and now they're watching it. But what do the people in you know, Silicon Valley focus on? They focus on those right-wing extremists who think that maybe we should have medical freedom, legitimate elections, uh, freedom of speech, things like that. Because they know that that's where the real threat to their power is. They know that it's good for them when children are becoming spiritually corroded, they become more feminine, they become more submissive, uh, they become less able to stand up for themselves, for their rights and for what they believe in. And they also know it's dangerous when you have have people like us speaking out against that because then those children might be uh, compelled to resist that and pursue something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, th- this is the strange, they're not very good at logic, right? This is the thing. If you, and that's why 
we should argue with them. We should fight them at every single yeah. turn. People say, no, you shouldn't. But here's the thing. I don't know any church really that's going, well, maybe some, but that is going, yay, youth pastor, you go, you right. abuse those right. kids. Right. right? So it's, it's happening behind closed doors, not in broad daylight. Nobody's endorsing it. Right. These people are endorsing it. They bring right. their kids to it and they're like, yeah, you go, you go on your thong. And, and so how... We, we, we're saying, no, we, we disagree with this. And by the way, we also disagree with right. this. Like we're the people that are going after these guys and think that they're disgusting. You are saying, you're agreeing with these people. Yeah. We're not agreeing with them with either one of these. So it's not a, it's not a cohesive argument in mm -hmm. any way, shape or form. Yeah. But, but again, the left doesn't use logic. It's all built upon this kind of framework of, I nearly, I nearly did it. <laughs> I nearly did it. Should I'm I just, not doing should it. Should I just move the swear jar closer <laughs> I mean, to you? Just it's in all case. built on this framework of bull. Yeah. Right. That, that, that isn't that isn't built on any kind of foundation in any way, shape, or form. And that's why when you start picking at it, it just starts to collapse. So what they do is they yell at you mm -hmm. to shut you up, mm -hmm. right? Because there's no basis to it at all. And and as I've said before, is like what we're trying to do is we're all we're trying to do is say, look, this is natural law, and we should be following natural law. And anything that moves away from that is going to end up in disaster and, yeah. and unhappiness for anyone involved in that. Yeah. Um, all right, we uh, we got to take a quick break. First, I want to I want to remind you guys, those of you who are watching on the News and Why It Matters YouTube, go ahead and uh, click the like button. I know that everyone says Sma go smash the like button. I feel weird saying that; it seems weird. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to hit the like button. Make sure to subscribe and uh, let us know what you uh, what you think about that uh, that top story. And also, if you enjoy seeing my head explode. You can subscribe as well. We want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as really one of the leaders in this parallel economy that is so needed. And they have really awesome news for those of you who haven't heard. They're now offering service with all three major networks. So if you are one of the, if you're one, with one of the big three mobile companies uh, and you like their service, but you hate their values and you hate the fact that they take a portion of the money that you pay them and donate it to left-leaning causes, you got to try Patriot Mobile. They're going to offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with the coverage, you can switch between those three major carriers for free. You have nothing to lose, so try it. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer that nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. And you know that you are supporting a company that fights to preserve your God-given rights and freedoms. You can go to patriotmobile.com news. Get free activation today with the offer code news over at patriotmobile.com news. <laughs> Joe Biden continues to uh, vow to, I don't know, disregard your Second Amendment rights by banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines that um, I don't think is going to pass, but that's not stopping him from continuing to say he's going to. Last night during the House Democratic Caucus Issues Conference, and I might point out one of the country's dangerous cities, Baltimore, Joe Biden called for a ban, come hell or high water, watch. But guess what? We're going to ban assault weapons again, come hell or high water. Ban high capacity magazines. When we did it last time, it reduced mass death. Guys, I just, I, mm, I, I've already used the swear jar. Once this show, I'm trying really hard not to use it again. 
Um, he knows, right, like he knows that this isn't going to happen right now in this Congress, um, or at least I hope not. I don't know. I can't trust Republicans these days, so maybe it will. I don't know. But, um, you know, it just seems to be a lot of fear-mongering uh, and very little about knowing anything about guns or gun deaths. Um, but Joe Biden loves to fearmonger here. You know, you talk about all of these people, lawmakers who are creating these laws, who you ask them basic questions about these guns and they don't even know. They can't tell you the difference. Um, it's just that the AR-15s or AR-14s, as Biden likes to call them. The AR-14s are like super duper scary. Um, but the AR-15s, you know, they're, they're, they're big and they're black. And so they must be extra scary or something. I don't know. I can't figure it out. You used to be able to order those from the Sears catalog. Uh, they would just send one right to you. It was great. And we didn't have mass shootings back then. So if a logical person were trying to tackle this problem, they'd be like, okay, well, we've always had the guns, but mm -hmm. these shootings are new. So what changed in this country that would compel young people to do things that are so, well, not just young people, but with school shootings in particular, you know, you've got these kids like uh, there was the, well, that wasn't a kid actually at Michigan State University. <laughs> uh, you also, that story got swept under the rug because he wasn't white. Mm. Um, but we had one in Michigan, too. I think it was a 12-year-old boy who had, like, a handgun, and he went in and he started gunning down his classmates. And I think the first example of this was probably, like, Columbine. That was really mm -hmm. something that, like, shocked the whole country. And from then on, it's sort of been this, like, way for kids who are lost or antisocial to, like, you know, just take out their anger on the world. And I think you've always had, like, these antisocial sort of displays of violence. But maybe growing up, uh, like, in my dad's generation, it was serial killers. And then you notice that those have kind of, like, been swept under the rug maybe because of the technological advancements of, like, you know, detective work or something. Now, like, if you're a person who's angry at the world, your route is to do, like, a mass shooting because you get the media coverage. And I think there's only, like, one or two outlets who actually pledge to not give them the notoriety that they want. But other than that, everyone's very happy to put their face everywhere. To yeah, tell we, the story. we don't we don't give their names. Mm -hmm. We don't give the names of mass shooters well, here because yeah, we're not trying to give them what they want. But I think right. establishment establishment media knows that it's better when people are doing things like this because it creates fear and it allows for them to usher in more things like gun control. Um, and I would love to see a serious conversation surrounding this issue. But the only thing that the rights really offered is correctly debunking their arguments about gun control. But we'll say, well, it's like a mental health issue, and it's like. So what? Now you're going to defer to like big pharma and put them right. on psychotropic drugs, which most of them are on anyways, which is yeah. like arguably why they do it in the first place because it turns them into zombies. So I don't know. I just think that we're going to keep seeing this and it's going to get worse. Like this country with the first story that we covered, we've been covering for months. Uh, we you know made some progress with Roe v. Wade, but we're still largely like ritually sacrificing the unborn. So how could you have this like evil, disgusting culture and not have kids get killed in school? Like why, why would that not be happening mm -hmm. in this country? Yeah, I... Um you know, it's not like you're, you're talking about the kid, the, the school shootings, which is, I think is an, an excellent point. But you also mentioned <clears throat> gun control, and what, that's what we're talking about, right? Federalized gun control. Look how great that's working out in, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Baltimore, Chicago, where lawyer, Lori Lightfoot just got voted out. She'll tell you it's because she was a black lesbian, but um, the people of Chicago are not, they don't feel safe walking down the street. And I guess that actually matters to them. Look at California. Wow, gun control is going really well in all of these places that have already implemented it. Let's do more of that. You know, when I was in California, this was something that was a major, major concern to me. I'd watch the news. Mm -hmm. I'd see how things were going down, like in our local community. It was rapidly you know, just falling apart, lots of homeless uh, uh, people that literally be on our way to church and you'd see women there that were topless. Or 
And then I moved to Texas. And then you've got all these guys and girls around the country that are like, around the South particularly, that are like, I don't care what laws you pass. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm lucky because, look, all my guns were lost in an unfortunate boating accident. You too? It's crazy. Everyone I talk to, they've all gone. But the point is, is knowing the people here, knowing very good people, patriotic people, they're like, we're not gonna do it anyway. It's not gonna happen. And and what was funny is moving from somewhere like California to somewhere like Texas, and to see the attitude that people have. And I'm not talking about like, all these people are awesome. I'd certainly trust them with my kids over the people in the first block. It's just not gonna happen ever. And how are they gonna ever implement it? Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen. The only way that they will do it is if they usher in some kind of like social credit score and you know, they, they start connecting, you know, they go to a digital currency and then they start. But then what will happen is I've seen it because Americans actually always find a way, right? They, these independently thinking individuals will go, all right, then we'll sort some kind of like alternate stock market, an alternate economy, and we'll figure it out. We'll trade, we'll do whatever. You're not taking Americans' guns, Mr. Biden. It's not happening. It's just not happening. I mean, it's not happening. Welcome to try. I don't think it's going to go very well. It's not happening. I don't think it's going to go very well. Um, It's also fascinating to hear them talk about they. They, you know, we talked about the AR-15s and the AR-14s. Okay, but when you look at the statistics, like it's it's handguns that are used most frequently in all of these violent, you know, shooting crimes, deaths, whatever. Um, So if people think that this is just going to, oh, we'll just let them ban the big, scary looking ones and then they'll stop. No, because because this is this is all this is this is what they do. They move incrementally. They're they're not going to do it all at once. They move incrementally. So they're like, yeah, we can get more public, uh, you know, public uh, jumping on to our side if we just move for the big, scary ones. But then once we efficiently do that, we're going to come and say, well, it didn't stop because it turns out the real danger are these tiny little handguns that everyone uses and has. Oh, sorry, you got to take your nine millimeter now. I'd be like, whoopsies. Oh, (laughs) This, did Wait, you, did you we could we there was no way we could have possibly known that that was going to happen. It's not like the statistics are already out now. Yeah, well, their commitment to a delusional ideology has taken precedent over their commitment to the people that they're supposed to be keeping safe. And we are a very like intelligent and sophisticated country. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe some people disagree with this, but like we put a man on the moon, or at least we could have. <laughs> And the idea that we can't figure out crime, I mean, look at El Salvador. They have just, like, reduced their murder rate to something that's, I guess, comparable with, like, Northern Europe. Because they had a guy in there who was simply willing to, like, do what needs to be done. He's like, okay, most of the crime is being committed by these people. We're just going to throw them in prison and basically let everyone else cry about it. And now that's, like, a safe place relatively to be in, especially in Latin America. We could do that, too, in this country, but we won't because we keep trying to extend this, like, bureaucratized idea of indefinite due process to people who are just, frankly, incompatible with civilization Mm. like it's not a gun problem I know a lot of people with a lot of guns it's not like we know that there's a couple say uh, fractions of a percentage point of the population who's committing virtually all of these crimes we could throw them in jail and we could all live in a safe country again but we won't do that because we're committed to this idea of like equality and tolerance and so we keep letting these people out we keep refusing to prosecute them and then all of a sudden we're wondering why it's not safe to like live in this country anymore and it's like well you know 
that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, people so. are committing the crimes and then they're let out and they're Which, like, the way, ah, we don't know what we don't know why these crimes keep happening. That's not my opinion. Scott Adams told me that recently, uh, so that's just him. I don't know anything about that, but he told me that, so that's right. Well, if that. you Last base, word. yeah, if you base everything on something that's a falsehood, and you don't have any moral authority on anything, like you're doing something bad yourself, so you can't call someone else out, right? That's what's happening. That these people are doing something bad or or wrong in their own lives for the most part. So what they do is they say, we can't call a criminal a criminal, mm-hmm. right? Because that's you know maybe maybe they got a reason for doing that which is really a reflection of themselves. Most of us say, I'm doing something bad, so I've got to work on myself and I don't want to do that anymore. Like what, whatever that might be, is it, to improve yourself morally and spiritually. But they don't have that. So what they do is they say, well, you know, I can't call that person a bad person because that person might call me a bad person, then I'm, I'm in trouble. You know, it's, it's a complete moral and spiritual question, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what? I got, I got, go hurry up. I got to go to break. I was going to say these people, it is a spiritual thing because they're so cowardly. They refuse to like diagnose wrong behavior as wrong behavior because they view crime as like the opening sequence of Aladdin where there's this like starving (laughs) and he steals a loaf of bread to feed somebody. When they're like looting stores and like killing grandmothers, they're not doing that to feed their kids. Like they're doing that because they're like criminals and they should go to jail. No, they need the Louis Vuittons and the the Nike shoes. Yeah, because then they they go to the flea market and they sell that and they use the money to support the kids. That's definitely what's happening. The out of wedlock birth rate, that's not true. They are supporting their kids. <sighs> All right. We gotta He's go to Scott break Adams before horrible. John gets me banned from yeah. everything. yesterday on the show about uh, specifically about the FBI, about uh, direct, FBI Director Chris Ray's interview um, and just how great he is at gaslighting the American public. But we're just talking about these alphabet agencies in general, these bureaucracies that have been completely weaponized against the, well, I would say the American public, but I mean, about half of you if you vote the wrong way. Um, and <laughs> It's just interesting because they all seem to be expanding at this time. You know, we've got the IRS that, you know, they, they want 87,000 more agents. And oh, and by the way, they want them to be armed. Um, you've got the, the DOJ now. You've got Attorney General Merrick Garland, who during a hearing, he basically is like, he's chomping at the bit to expand his army of social justice warriors ready to uh, knock your door down and, and prosecute you for, I don't know, praying outside of a pro-life clinic. Uh, He talked earlier today about the Justice Department's lack of resources during his appearance before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Watch. The memo says specifically, I'll just read it to you, said, for this reason, charges that subject a defendant to a mandatory minimum sentence should ordinarily be reserved for instances in which the remaining charges uh, would not sufficiently reflect the seriousness of the defendant's criminal conduct danger to the community, harm to victims, or other considerations uh, outlined above. So basically, your charging memorandum says that prosecutors can exercise their discretion to charge less than the most serious offense because you don't like the mandatory minimum sentences that Congress has has passed, correct? No, Senator. This is a question of allocating our resources and focusing them on violent crime. 
Uh, later on, I thought you said I thought you said that uh, your job was to enforce the law with regard to without regard to policy differences. It's not a question of policy differences. It's a question of the resources. You we don't have, have enough money. You don't have enough, enough people. people. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough jails. We don't have enough uh, judges. Huh. Okay. So you know, as as John pointed out in the last segment. You have the jails. You're just literally letting people out. You don't want to keep them in the jails. So that's fascinating. Uh, just just for perspective here, the Justice Department received $38.7 billion in the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill signed by Biden in December. Um, and that was a 10% funding boost overall to their department. So you're telling me that this billion is not enough. What we need is more bureaucrats. Say that five times fast. Yeah, and, you know, at a certain point, if the state is not protecting you from violence, Mm -hmm. it is de facto, like, endorsing it, which Mm -hmm. is what's happening here. And uh, I agree that we do have an over-incarceration problem, but it's not because we have too many people in prison. We have too many people in prison who shouldn't be alive anymore, which is to say... Like, seriously, if you're a burden on the public and you're killing people, if you are still alive, I think that's unjust. But moreover, it's just transferring the burden from, okay, you are now, you know, killing people. Well, now you're just going to be a burden on our tax dollars. You're going to be sucking that out of the pockets of American families. And I think that's wrong. And also, I think we misunderstand what crime actually is and the type of person who commits crime. These people aren't, like, evil. They're, like, literally stupid. Like, <laughs> the average IQ of a criminal is, like, in the 70s or 80s. I say they could be both. Well, I, I think that's true, but, you know, we see these videos, for example, on YouTube where there will be some guy and he's murdered, like, a whole family, and they'll be reading their, you know, victim testimonies, and they'll say, well, how do you think uh, she felt when you, like, killed her in front of her children? And the guy will be like, uh, and people are like, oh, he's so evil. He literally doesn't know. Like, think about what empathy is in a very material sense. It's like our ability to know how we feel and then map somebody else's feelings onto that and create this sort of like mirror. If you're not intelligent, that's more difficult for you to do. And so you don't think about things like the future, things like other people. You literally are only focused on your immediate wants and obstacles to that. And I don't think that these types of people can really conceptualize something like a life sentence. I think that if they just saw on television that people who are behaving like that were getting killed, they would be less apt to commit crimes like that. And that's what we're seeing in El Salvador. But we can pearl clutch and say, oh, they're just evil. They're, they're uncivilized. They're actually more civilized than we are now at this time. So. Hmm. I'd have to go and fact check that. Oh, they are. Their, their murder rate now as a country is on track to be lower than a lot of our major cities. Because well, so you're talking about violent crime and murder, not necessarily other forms of being civilized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay, okay. well, that's like the basis of civilization is it not oh. the ability to prowl about without having to worry about being gunned down by yeah. somebody. I would also say probably in El Salvador, they don't have to deal with, uh, you know, drag queens trying to sexualize their children. Because they have the will to do what needs to be done. If they won't even tolerate murder, imagine what, what they would do with those types of people. I mean, crazy. Matt, yeah, hurry. Yeah, no, no. Well, hurry. Look, I mean, in El Salvador, they have more pressing issues, right? I mean, like I say, these things are actually first world problems because other people have to, other countries have to worry about, you know, like getting fed, yeah. which we're going to have to do pretty soon. But aren't these the guys that wanted to defund the police? So isn't this like like fund the police now? And well, only fund the federalized police. Oh, right? yeah. oh. to go after like J six people. Right. Well, well, to go yeah, after the, grandmas waving the, MAGA. The point is, we're all sitting flags. there now, and we're like, these guys. Why would I fund you to come after me? Right. For <laughs> right. not using the right pronoun. Right. Like that. I mean, that's what everyone's looking at. Like, if you were going to like close the border, 
Rock on. Right. All right, let's do it. And by the way, perhaps they shouldn't be giving all their money to Ukraine. Mm. I know this is a thing, but I really would like Americans, the American politicians, to look after Americans. Mm. I have asking not, too much. I, I know, I know. It's silly. <laughs> but I mean, I look at them and I'm like, you have, I do not think at, at any point they really think about protecting us. And so like in California, you could steal up to a thousand dollars worth of stuff mm -hmm. and you can't be prosecuted. So all these other things, it's, it's all ridiculous. It's all kabuki theater. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's really what's amazing about what you said there is you said we don't want more bureaucracy. They're not talking about cops on the street that are going out there and actually getting the bad guys. Right. And he says, we need more judges. I'm sure you do. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Right, it's, a, it's all, the, the, it, America is broken, and we've said it from the beginning, this, this is, it's, a, it's a holistic approach, all the way from the drag queen story out, all the way through to election, all, all these things. You have to be engaged, I'm sorry, I know you like going off and doing your thing and having your pizzas and watching the Yellowstone, right? But the fact of the matter is, is you've got to get off your backside, you've got to go out and do something, you've got to win your local elections. Donating to political causes is not enough anymore. Mm -hmm. You've got to be out there and it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, but you got to do it. But the founding fathers did it, it was real uncomfortable for them. You know, uh, there was a revolution fought for far less than what we are tolerating these days. Um, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It really is incredible when you think about that. Members of uh, the House voted 216 to 204 in favor of a resolution that would rebuke the White House over a rule that would allow retirement fiduciaries to invest in accordance with, of course, ESG. This is Environmental, Social and Corporate Governance Movement. Uh, so they passed it. The Senate approved it 50-46. So obviously there were some Democrats to join in this bipartisan effort. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to understand that trying to invest people's money and not paying attention to like what will do well financially and what is the best return on investment and thinking more about like, well, how how many gay people do they have on their board? How many black employees do they have? Look at how well that's gone for the White House. Okay, so uh, bipartisan effort here. Great job, except that um, the president is expected to veto it. So great job, everyone. One of the interesting things to do, I think, is to have conversations with your parents and grandparents about the country that they knew. Not even in the sense that like it didn't hate itself and it wasn't committing suicide. The standard of living that we used to have in this country was so like effortlessly prosperous. I mean, you could just be a normal person, not necessarily a genius, but just, you know, keep your nose clean and you would have like two cars and a summer home and a nice house and a nice neighborhood and you wouldn't have to worry about your kids going to school and learning like perverted things. This was like the country that we had built and then within two generations, we've just rinsed it down the drain and now we're wasting money doing things like this and American people are getting poorer. Uh, there's something to be said, I think, about the material inflation, meaning you're paying more for like lower quality goods and services, things like that. And uh, for what? I mean, what is like the grand benefit that we're getting in exchange? We're getting like the knowledge that maybe we're more diverse and inclusive and that at least we're like our heads in the right place or our hearts in the right place with ESG and we're gonna save the world. Nobody actually believes that this is true. It's just a big money laundering scheme. They're just rinsing the tax cattle of money and rewarding it uh, to their friends and things like that. So it's pretty humiliating. I find it fascinating too that like a lot of these corporations that are um, invoking a lot of these 
ESG, you know, diversity policies, you look at the board and it's all old white men. Well, it's because they feel guilty about the money they've made. Or they're just trying to pretend like they're just trying to virtue signal no, and they but, don't but actually care about it. That's what I mean. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. I mean, th there's no way that they think. Look, uh, I've said this a thousand times, right? It's because the squeaky wheel gets mm -hmm. the oil. Mm -hmm. This is a teeny tiny group of people in the country that don't really move the needle as like economically at all you know they're not it's like me look when i go to costco i've got a bunch of kids i'm spending five six hundred dollars right it's not the same so i am i am one of those people that goes out there and drives that economy right i'm going out there and i'm spending money because i've got a big family i'm buying things here and there. they should care about me not coming to their store because I'm fed up with this or you're making me feel uncomfortable. Now they're just, they're just flooding it with everything. And it's moved away from pure economics, mm -hmm. right? And what you're seeing is like, look, you're seeing it with Disney. It's like, how much did it lose? Like $2.4 billion or something like that. People are just like, can you just stop? I just want to watch a princess. <laughs> Not me. I don't want to watch a princess. No, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. so, it, it's really, it's a very strange thing and by the way I saw that country I grew up loving that country and wanting to come to that country that you're talking about like that was my dream and now it's become and again we were just talking in the uh, you know in the break you didn't build that it's be, so people now are after Obama saying you know you didn't build that is people don't feel like they feel entitled that they should have something and not actually go out and work for it. Mm -hmm. And that's really bad. I mean, I, I saw something again on social media about there was this guy in a, in a Bentley and, and they said, oh, how did you get this? Yeah. Did you see it? Like, yep. how did you get this? He's like, well, I had pennies on the dollar. And they were like, yeah, but he said he owned the patent and, and he didn't. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. He earned that money. Why are you so envious? I look at that from coming from a very, very, very poor background and say, that's an inspiration to me that I can make that kind of money if I work hard enough or I apply myself that way. And by the way, America was the only place in the world that you could come from nothing and become a multi, multi-millionaire without like, you know, doing something dodgy to, to make that way. You could work hard, you could have innovation. And by the way, it used to be that Americans didn't resent you for it. They'd look at that guy with the bent in there, go, good on him, man. Oh, I mean, there is a bit now, like you see all the cronyism. So you're kind of like, well, did he get it like that? I mean, did he, did he line the pockets of a politician or whatever? There's a little bit of that going on. But I still believe that, again, we can still pull it back and still have America be that country that is a shining city on a hill that, that will reward people that work very hard. Yeah. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Better, better do it soon, Matt. For a celebration of International Women's, what is it, Na National Women's History or International Women's Day that we just recently celebrated, well, the left did, I didn't actually really care. Uh, the hashtag Boycott Hershey's was trending on Twitter because it turns out that the Hershey Company is celebrating women by uh, promoting, oh, a biological man in one of their advertisements. Here is uh, some of that, watch. My name is Faye Johnstone, oh. I'm the Executive Director of no. Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone oh. is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. 
So, first of all, um, if you were your authentic self, then you would be living life as a man and you would not be dressed as me because you can't be me because I am me and you are you. And that is being your authentic self. Second of all, Hershey's chocolate sucks. I think I'm proud, I'm, of, I'm proud of him. Are uh, you? For, well, ta for taking over women's movements? It's the ultimate form. I mean, men... It is, it is patriarchy. Men navigated like the globe. Seconds. We domesticated, you know, savage lands and populations. The final frontier is conquering womanhood. Yeah, like, that's like the last <laughs> They're thing do You're do. doing it. I'm a dude yeah. playing a woman disguised as another dude. It's <laughs> something like that. You're anyway, doing it. You're doing it. Congratulations, It tastes like vomit. It Take does. It's Thank disgusting. You. It's horrible. Stop eating Hershey's. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.